Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, and that link will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here. I thought it'd be really fun to do something new and I wanted to do a giveaway featuring some of my favorite products worth over $200. There is my favorite probiotic, really absorbable magnesium from Jigsaw Health, hydroxypatite toothpaste for restoring tooth enamel, Fullwell's prenatal, mouthwash floss. All of that can come to you in a box if you enter the giveaway, which is totally free. I am just asking for your endorsement with a five-star review. So all you have to do is search for this podcast in the iTunes app or go to reviewthispodcast.com forward slash less stressed life. Or I have another shortcut for you. You can just text giveaway to 605-223-0215. That's texting giveaway to 605-223-0215. And I'll send you the exact directions on how you can write a review really easily and enter our awesome giveaway during the entire month of November. So can't wait to get your entries. Thanks so much. It's a continual process. It's not something that says, hey, I've done this one thing, and now I'm cured. It's a process that we have to take day by day, and we have to stay up on what's going on. Stress is the inflammation that robs us of life, energy, and happiness. Our typical solutions for gut health and hormone balance have let a lot of us down. We're over-medicated and underserved. At The Less Stressed Life, we're a community of health-savvy women exploring solutions outside of our traditional Western medicine toolbox and training to raise the bar and change our stories. Each week, our hope is that you leave our sessions inspired to learn, grow, and share these stories to raise the bar in your life and home. Access to functional or specialized medicine testing and standard blood work is a big piece of personalizing care plans to help our clients succeed. But getting accounts with multiple labs and ordering and tracking results from many different web portals slows efficiency by bogging us down in admin work. This is why I'm completely obsessed with our podcast sponsor, Rupa Health. It's a single portal that allows you to order from over 20 specialty labs in one incredibly simple dashboard. I'm talking less than 30 seconds to set up your free account and about 30 seconds to order the labs you need. All the results are in one place and I can securely send clients their results with a click of a button. A big advantage for our clients is that standard blood work can be ordered for almost two thirds less than other direct to consumer lab sites. 
Rupa is a lab concierge, so they send the lab invoices on your behalf if a client pays for their own labs. They help them get set up with a lab draw, navigate testing questions, and they provide the requisition forms. It's literally a dream. Go sign up for free to help streamline your practice and simplify ordering labs for your clients at rupahealth.com. That's R-U-P-A health.com and let them know I sent you when you sign up. You can also check out the show notes for this episode for a short video walkthrough of how I use Rupa Health in my own practice. All right. Today on the Lester Slide, we have Kelly Blake, who's a RD specializing in functional nutrition. She has been able to reverse her own autoimmune symptoms with functional medicine and nutrition, and she is passionate about sharing this message with her clients. She has a private practice. NutriSense Nutrition Consulting is on the editorial board of Integrative Practitioner, where she writes monthly articles showcasing her client case studies, which is a fun thing to write about. She's a blogger for the Integrative and Functional Nutrition Academy. She's written two cookbooks, which is kind of sort of how I know her, the Psoriasis Diet Cookbook and the Psoriasis Cookbook and Meal Plan. In addition to her private practice, because she doesn't have enough going on, she practices in the area of psychiatry and internal nutrition. Uh... This is hilarious. Congratulations (laughs) on doing all the things and fulfilling all the passions. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to meet you, Krista. Yeah. So Kelly and I just have an Instagram relationship where I wrote an eczema cookbook. She wrote a psoriasis cookbook, I believe for the same company. And then we connected and then she's just like such a sweet person. Her husband carved me a bowl. And I mean, basically (laughs) we're best friends now. So I'm excited to be able to talk about this. And here's the thing. Kelly's got some great insights on psoriasis. I don't hang out with Kelly all the time outside of this computer. And so I'm excited for like what she has that's new and different. Like I have my people I hang out with and we have feelings about things, but Kelly might bring some new things to the table for us today for sure. And as a fun side note, I don't even like psoriasis, even though I work with skin stuff, it's like the most annoying condition. And I'm sure she feels that way too, if she dealt with it. So I'm excited for her to kind of peel back the layers of that story and offer her two cents because there's always more than one way to deal with anything. So let's jump into your story. Let's go straight there. One, and then we can kind of talk about this whole book thing because you know we can a little bit. Psoriasis, that is your autoimmune condition, right? Yes. So I was actually diagnosed with psoriasis when I was 12 years old, but I had symptoms from the age of five. And so, you know, I went to several doctors and no one could really tell me what was going on. Of course, I was a kid, but couldn't tell my mother what was going on. And so finally at 12 years old, I saw a dermatologist and he diagnosed me with psoriasis and I was put on topical steroids and my psoriasis was located mostly on my scalp at that time. And so it was hidden, you know, from the world mostly, thank goodness. But the topical steroids, you know, helped. And then as a child, I had numerous issues. I was in the hospital twice, you know, with pneumonia. I actually had a partial small bowel obstruction when I was 10 years old. And so I was always kind of a sickly kid. And nobody really put the pieces together for my mom. You know, we just didn't know what the deal was. And then, you know, when I got into my early 20s, my psoriasis moved from my scalp to a side of my neck. So it was becoming more visible to the world. And, you know, that brings about, you know, mental health issues, because now people are seeing this spots on my body or what have you. And so I struggled with that. And then In my early 20s, I started to notice psoriatic arthritis symptoms. And so I started to have really red, swollen, painful joints, especially on my hands. I had nail changes. I had headaches almost every day. I experienced mouth ulcers. I was not sleeping well. I had extreme fatigue. 
Raynaud's disease, you know, and I struggled with these symptoms for years and went to numerous conventional physicians, different specialties, rheumatology, infectious disease, my family practice, doctor, dermatology, and, you know, I was put on lots of medications. I took sulfasalazine and Otesla and Plaquenil, but also took prescription NSAIDs for eight years continuously, which no one told me was going to be a significant problem for my gut as I got older. So really the straw that broke the camel's back was I had a really disappointing appointment with a rheumatologist that I had seen several times. And I went to see him and I was really feeling bad. And he said, you failed all these other things. So I really don't have anything else to offer you. And I was just so dejected. I remember leaving that appointment thinking, I mean, I'm a young person. I can't feel this way for the rest of my life. There has to be something that I can do to feel better. And so I had heard about gluten-free, dairy-free diets and those kind of things. You know, obviously I was a dietitian for a long time, but I've been trained that all foods fit. And so I thought, well, you know, let me just try this gluten-free, dairy-free diet. And I noticed that I started to feel a lot better. I didn't have the crippling fatigue and my joints didn't ache and I was sleeping better. So I added in some nutritional supplements like fish oil and turmeric. And then I did a continuing education as a dietitian on functional nutrition. And I thought the person that did this education, I was like, this is me. She's talking about me. All of these symptoms that she's describing, that's me. That's what's going on. So I made an appointment with the Cleveland Clinic Center for Functional Medicine, and I went there and was put on an elimination diet. And after three days, I knew that my entire life had been changed. I knew that I was not going back to what I felt like before. And it was so freeing and so liberating. I just felt like somebody can help me with these issues that I'm having. So after that experience, I decided as a dietitian that I wanted to help people experience the same thing. So I became certified in functional nutrition in 2018 through the Integrative and Functional Nutrition Academy. And I, you know, kind of turned my private practice into that realm because I think that that there are so many opportunities for people to feel better, to get to the root cause of their issue. And that really helped me. So I want to help other people do that. So that's kind of the background and how I ended up. I mean, obviously it's a long story. It's a 20 year battle for me. It's Um, impressive that you can bullet point age five and age 10 and age 12. Most Mm -hmm. people don't go that far back. Yeah. And you know, what I learned, what I learned through going to the center for functional medicine is that when I was an infant, I was placed on high dose antibiotics. And so that has disrupted my gut microbiome. And we know that the first three years of life, with the gut microbiome, that's when you're creating your adult gut microbiome. And so mine was disrupted from the get go, and it never recovered. And so that to me is the root of what caused all of these issues later on. Mm-hmm. And the NSAIDs you were taking for the joint pain, correct? Oh, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I remember being on those NSAIDs and, and I would try to wean myself off of them, but my symptoms would always come back and I would feel horrible. And so I thought, well, this medicine is helping me, so I'm going to stick with it. And little did I know it was you know, causing its own set of issues. And while it was helping me in one area, it was really creating significant problems in another. So what year did you go to Cleveland Clinic and get started on that journey? Because it didn't yep. stop there. 
Right. So 2017 is when I went to the Cleveland Clinic. And after that, I've just been educating myself and learning all that I can and just soaking up everything I can about functional medicine, functional nutrition, because it was really life changing for me. And my quality of life is far greater than what I ever imagined it would be. Mm -hmm. All right. So So you gave this great bullet point and then we got into this three-day thing. And then what did you do after that? So you're working on, let's review. We have psoriasis that started as a kiddo that you're able to trace back. Then you have in the early 20s, you have psoriatic arthritis symptoms. How often, if you know any stats around this, how often do you feel people see psoriatic arthritis coexist with their psoriasis? I think the statistic is about 30% of people with psoriasis go on to develop psoriatic arthritis. Okay, cool. All right. So let's add more to your story. And then let's go back and talk about some root causes of psoriasis big picture. Because I think I feel that each condition, there's a lot of similarities and they also have some nuances for sure. So let's talk about what happened after the first three days. Because I think also what we want to maybe mention is you may have kept some food choices longer term because those particularly worked for you. You may have started with less and you were able to add many more. That might be a good piece for everyone to know. Sure. So the elimination diet eliminates lots of things. So we're going to be taking out gluten and dairy, corn, soy, all of the major food allergens, of course, processed foods and food additives and coffee and caffeine and those types of things. And so I did that elimination diet for eight weeks right through the holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Oh, that's (laughs) tough. Yeah. And after that, my physician even recommended that I start after the holidays. And I said, you know, I'm ready to go because I feel so bad. I want to feel better. And so I'm going to go with this 100%. And that's what I did. And it paid off. And so I did that for eight weeks. And then I went back to the Cleveland Clinic and they had done lots of testing and determined that I have exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. So I don't have enough pancreatic enzymes to digest my food well. And that's a significant issue. You know, you can eat all the healthy food in the world, but if you can't digest and absorb it, it's not going to do you any good. So I was placed on some supplementation for that. And then I started to add foods back to my diet, but I knew that with autoimmune disease, gluten and dairy are often problematic Mm long-term. So I've never added gluten and dairy back to my diet. I started with eggs because I really liked eggs, but I do not tolerate eggs. And so I have to keep eggs out of my meal plan. I don't tolerate corn. I don't tolerate soy. So those are things that I have kept out of my food plan as well. I limit extremely added sugar, anything that's processed. Those things just don't make their way into my diet most of the time because I know that there could be a symptom that creeps up after I do that. So I try to just follow a whole foods, plant-based diet with good quality animal products interspersed throughout. And so that's sort of my maintenance meal plan for me personally. And what I've seen in practice is that those with autoimmune issues do respond more to food than some other issues. Mm-hmm. They're the they're the best candidates to adjust food. Over the years, have you ever retested some of those like corn and soy and had any... I mean, also there's cross-contamination and definitely depending on kind of what you're doing, it's easy to encounter these things. Do you have a significant reaction or not really? Or are you able to tolerate little pieces? Yeah, I do notice if I have something that has some soy in it or some corn in it, 
that about three days in, I start to notice I don't feel as well. You know, I'm kind of achy and fatigued. And so that's how I feel when I consume those things, even if it's just a little bit usually. Mm -hmm. So, and I love corn, you know, I love sweet corn and those types of things, but I can't imagine if I were to eat, you know, a whole serving of corn, how bad I would feel. And you can get away with a little bit of corn. Yeah. Yeah. I could get away with a little bit, but not a lot. Cool. All right. So then after that, you added things back, anything else? Because I find that sometimes that, I mean, I like to do a lot of different things, but I think the healing journey, even if I'm with that person for a while, it seems like it lasts at least a year. It's, you know, I'm, you, you had things go away very quickly, but what I'm saying is like the big picture, it's like, even if the symptoms are underneath the skin at that point, or they're mostly gone, you're still supporting, right? Like, I think what I'm really trying to say here is it takes a while to relearn accidental bad habits or like not even bad habits, but Hey, I wasn't, maybe it wasn't nourishing. I wasn't consuming lots of diversity and plants, you know, to feed the microbiota in a diverse way. So I was like allowing bad stuff to overgrow or, or something like that. What came next for you? So here's what happened to me. I got a little bit cocky and I thought, I don't need these digestive enzymes. I feel great. You know, I'm just going to take them out and see what happens. Well, what happened is I developed SIBO. And so that brings with it a whole nother host of issues that you have to then manage. And so um, obviously I had to change my diet significantly for that because some of the foods that are obviously nourishing to your body are also nourishing to those bacteria that you don't want to necessarily feed when you have SIBO. So I had to go on a low FODMAP, low FODMAP SCD diet for a short period of time and get things back in balance and heal my gut again. And so what I find a lot of times with autoimmune patients is it's a continual process. It's not something that says, hey, I've done this one thing and now I'm cured. It's a process that we have to take day by day and we have to stay up on what's going on. The other thing that was really important for me was stress management. And so I was learning that even though I didn't feel like I had excessive stress, my cortisol levels were exhibiting that I was experiencing stress. And so I learned how to manage that with meditation. So I meditate or I do yoga almost every day now. And I can tell if I miss my meditation or my yoga, I'm like, oh, I got to get back to this. And so I've really made a concerted effort to do that on a daily basis. And that helps me manage my stress in a healthy way. The other thing that I did was really improve my sleep. Because when I was going through all of these symptoms, it's very difficult to sleep and, you know, feel like you get a restful sleep when you have joint pain, you know, and all of these other symptoms, you're tossing and turning all night. So when I finally went on the elimination diet and things started to calm down, my sleep improved significantly. And so I go to bed at 8.30, I get up at 5.30 pretty much every day, you know, I make it a priority. I make sleep a definite priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those inflammatory cytokines from the food will disrupt sleep, won't they? Right, right. You brought up something that's so unsexy. Let's make it a little more interesting. We were talking off air that your dad's a yoga teacher, which is yeah. the coolest thing. No one has ever said that to me. My dad is a yoga teacher. <laughs> so thank you for bucking the norm on that. But the thing yeah. I've noticed with psoriasis that is especially frustrating, even as someone with a podcast by this name, is that psoriasis seems to be fueled, really all conditions are fueled by stress because there's a lot of nutrient deficiencies that arise, microbiota changes that happen. But with psoriasis specifically, there is such a stress component to me. That's what I see. What do you see with psoriasis and nuances? 
Yes, I agree. I think stress is a huge component. And it goes back to what we were talking about with the mental health issue. You know, when you have a skin disease, that's visible to the world. And that is a stressful situation for a person because you always feel like you have to cover it up, right? And you don't want people to see. And so that in itself changes those stress hormones. And that leads to further production of those pro-inflammatory mediators that again, exacerbate the problem. So it's like this vicious cycle that you get in. Another thing with psoriasis patients is that, you know, the gut microbiome is definitely altered. We see that patients with psoriasis have lower numbers of acromantia, which is a very protective bacteria. And so increased intestinal permeability, you know, obviously with any autoimmune disease, you've got to have increased intestinal permeability. So that's something that can be a target for therapy. And that's what I typically start with when I see a patient with psoriasis is, hey, how is this gut functioning and what can we do to help improve this gut health? Mm -hmm, For sure. There was something else you said that was important, which was You said you didn't think you really had much stress, but your test results exhibited that your cortisol was elevated. Now, this is such an annoying fact and realization, isn't it? Sometimes when we think like, oh, I think I can outdo this, or I don't think it's really a problem. And then your test results kind of show you the opposite. I mean, we have the opposite of that too. Like sometimes we feel the symptoms in this test results don't exactly align. Um, There's functionally, we look at things a little differently. I always trust clients, but from this perspective, when you were looking at cortisol, did you do a four point saliva or urine test? I did. And it did show that my cortisol was definitely out of control. And one of the triggers for me was that I was an excessive exerciser. That was one of the ways that I felt like I could manage my stress. But little did I know, I was actually exacerbating my stress, increasing stress on my body, increasing the intestinal permeability. And so that was another component of mine. And I I love exercise. You know, I would love to do all of the things, you know, every day I would exercise every day, but I've learned that I need to calm that down basically. And I do healthy amounts of exercise now. And so that was another thing that really helped to show me that, you know, things that I was doing that I thought were healthy necessarily weren't healthy for me personally. It's a good one. Did you find any other things that you were like, oh, this is, people say that all the time. I use exercise to help with my stress. That's a common thing. That lots of cardio specifically, isn't it? Right. So, and did you feel like you had a grieving process at that moment? Yes. It's very hard because I am someone, like I said, who exercises a hobby for me. That is something that I love to do. And I feel like I should be able to do whatever I want to do. But you have to come to terms with the fact that sometimes your body cannot handle those things. And when you have an autoimmune disease, sometimes you have to work around that to nourish your body and to do healing, nourishing things as opposed to beating your body up, right? And trying to force it to do something that you want it to do. Mm -hmm. Totally. All right. What were some of the other things that you found in your kind of own journey that have helped you with your other psoriasis clients or other nuances that you see with psoriasis? So we just kind of talked about stress seems to be this annoyance that kind of hinders healing. Such a, the real piece there is that stress is such a big thing for autoimmunity. Mm -hmm. Um, I think is really what it is. I've never seen an autoimmune process where stress wasn't an issue. And if we go back to like your family history, did you have autoimmune conditions or kind of poor genetics in your family? Or do you feel like if you look back, did you feel like there was stress in your life as a child? Because that's where it gets a little tricky when you're a kiddo. So like, what do you think looking back, since you're such a good historian with those bullet points, what do you think about the onset and manifestation at the age that you were at? 
Yeah, we definitely have autoimmune disease in our family. My older sister actually has psoriasis as well. And our grandfather had rheumatoid arthritis. And so those are the connections, right? So we know that genetic predisposition does account for some psoriasis cases. But again, there was trauma in my childhood and not anything that, you know, somebody on the outside looking in would not say that these things were traumatic, but it's how you feel about it that, you know, that's what matters, right? It's not what somebody else thinks about what has happened to you or whatnot. So yes, I think stress and trauma and genetics and poor nutrition, you know, altered gut microbiome, all of these things culminated into a diagnosis of psoriasis for me and just this continual assault on my body, basically. Well, we've been talking a little bit about mental health. And so I always try to highlight a little bit trauma, the big T and the little T. So like you said, not like trauma, like some people would think, but other traumas. Do you mind explaining what you mean? Because I think in those cases, sometimes we don't resonate when we say trauma. And so like, what are some examples that might help someone else realize like, oh, that probably was a little bit of a piece of my history as well? Sure. Yeah. So my parents were divorced when I was very young and my dad moved 1100 miles away, you know, so I saw him during the summertime. And I think for a young person that can be very traumatic. And then also changing schools, you know, I had to change schools as a kid and I was bullied at certain points. And so all of these things, I think, can really create some of those stress, increase the stress hormones and increase the stress that a person feels, again, increasing those pro-inflammatory mediators and this vicious cycle can occur. Mm -hmm. Totally. Okay. Let's get back into nuances of psoriasis in general. For me, I feel like eczema kind of talks a certain way when it presents in certain places. Do you have any opinions about how psoriasis looks, where it presents just from working with clients or seeing it or anything like that? Yeah. So 90% of psoriasis cases are actually plaque psoriasis, but there are several different forms of psoriasis. And so the plaque psoriasis is typically on the limbs, your arms and legs, head and neck are really common areas. And they are the scaly lesions that flake off, right? And so sometimes you might think that it, you know, if it's on your head, maybe it's dangerous. But when you really investigate, if you can see silvery scales, that's typically pretty characteristic of plaque psoriasis. What does it matter if it's plaque psoriasis or the other 10% of psoriasis technically? Yeah. So there's a type of psoriasis called erythrodermic psoriasis. That's extremely severe and it comes on rapidly and that can actually be very life-threatening. So people that have that type of psoriasis obviously have to go to the emergency room very quickly if this starts happening. But the other types of psoriasis, in my personal opinion, can all be targeted with the same therapies that you would target plaque psoriasis with. Mm -hmm. Why is erythrodermic so life-threatening? What does that look like or what happens? Um, It covers 90% of your body and it's very inflammatory. And so I think mess with your airway, for lack of a better term, you know, your breathing and that type of thing. So it's almost, I think, like an allergic type reaction. I mean, it's obviously not an allergy, but it's kind of along the same lines. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it was very gratifying for you as a dietitian and also like astonishing maybe to be in this field and then to change your diet and to see such a profound change in your skin, right? We could say that potentially. Yeah. And so it kind of inspired you to want to help others with psoriasis in food. And so you had the opportunity to do that, right? And so did you reach out to the company? Did they reach out to you? How did they find you? 
It was actually really interesting. There was another dietitian that had been contacted to write a book about psoriasis. And she had seen me post a lot of things in one of the groups on Facebook for artists that write. And she contacted me and said, Hey, they contacted me about psoriasis. And I know that you work with this specifically. So would you be interested? And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. So I contacted the, the rep and, you know, we just kind of got started from there. And I wrote the first cookbook, the psoriasis diet cookbook. And then about a year later, they contacted me to take it a step further and create a meal plan and go more in depth about psoriasis and the therapies for psoriasis. Hmm, Cool. So they allowed you to get a little more scientific, you're saying? Yes. Right. Cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I had to cut 10,000 words out because they were like, you're in the weeds too much. This is a cookbook. So anyway. Yeah, that's frustrating. Yeah. No big deal. So in book number two, what were some of the therapies you dove into or explored? Yeah. So we think about obviously stress management. I talk a lot about stress management and improving the balance of bacteria in the gut microbiome and how we do that with food and lifestyle interventions. And so the book obviously is focused more on foods that we would maybe want to avoid if you have psoriasis and foods that you maybe want to add to your diet if you have psoriasis and just go more in depth on each food and why you would want to choose it and why you may want to keep it out for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Cool. And that just came out, right? Yes. August 10th. So do you have like fun things that you've noticed as a result of the book or does anyone ever reach out to you or tell me more about that? Yeah, I had a lady reach out the other day and said that she had been following the meal plans and that she didn't feel nearly as achy in the evening as she normally does, which I just love that. I love when people tell me how they are improving just from changing their diet. Um, I've had other people contact me and say, I never thought about adding this to a recipe or I've never used this food before and I really liked it. And, you know, there's just been some really great positive comments. And I'm so, so glad because I love sharing this message and really helping people make changes that they can sustain and really help them have a better quality of life. And recipe development's not for the faint of heart. Um, It's really not. So it's It's nice to be appreciated. Yes. Nice to be appreciated. But I'm guessing in a way you were able to culminate that because this is, you practice what you preach. Right. Yes. And so this is my lifestyle. This is my diet. And I post a lot of my own recipes just on Instagram and Facebook, just to give people ideas because it's can sometimes be a challenge, you know, to think about what you're going to eat for dinner and what you're going to feed your family. And I use simple ingredients, you know, things that are easy to find and recipes that are really easy to make most of the time. So it was not all that difficult for me to come up with the recipes. There's just lots of things that I like to cook for myself. So it's pretty, pretty cool. Well, that would make a nice ending point. I think we should address what if someone's here and they're still listening and they have heard and they say, Hey, I have tried these things or changed my diet and I don't see enough of a remarkable difference in my psoriasis. What would you say to that person? I would say that everybody is different. And so it's important to work with a practitioner who can help you unpack your own situation and create a plan that's going to target specifically what you've got going on. So I think that people can get a lot of relief just by changing their diet on their own, for sure, by using references like the cookbooks that I created, or, you know, another anti-inflammatory cookbook, people can really experience, you know, some good symptom relief. But there are a lot of other things that go into psoriasis or any skin condition. And so like we said, stress, 
toxins, you know, infections, even so people may have a parasitic infection that they don't know about. You may have a nutritional deficiency, or you may have genetics as such that you don't absorb nutrients as, as you know, someone else might. So you might need to address all of those things to get complete reversal or to really improve what's the situation that's going on. So right. I would think just get with a practitioner that's well-versed and somebody who's willing to go on the journey with you and create a plan that fits into your lifestyle and is specific to you. Mm-hmm. Lots of details there, right? Like yeah, diet is a great first option. It's foundational. And sometimes there's a lot more under the surface. It's annoying when there's a yeah. long list. Annoying. Yeah. And it's like I said, it's kind of, you know, with autoimmune disease, there's always things that maybe pop up, you know, and, and I don't tell people that I'm cured of my autoimmune disease, but I have healed my body as you know, and it's doing what it's supposed to be doing at this point, Mm -hmm. not to say that there won't be something else that pops up in the future. But you know, I've got the tools that I need now to really continue a great quality of life and help prevent problems as I get older. And you make it fun right? Yeah. Yeah. Make it fun. That's right. Yeah. It's a big piece of it. Kelly, where can people find you online? So I'm on Instagram at NutriSense Nutrition, Facebook at NutriSense Nutrition, and our website is NutriSenseNutrition.com. My Instagram is just at NutriSense. It doesn't have the nutrition, but yeah. So I post a lot of things on, you know, recipes and just helpful information on all those channels. Yeah. And yoga. Right. Very good. Cool. Thanks for coming on today. And I really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, awesome. Sharing and reviewing this podcast is the best way to help us succeed with our mission to help integrate the best of East and West and empower you to raise the bar on your health story. Just go to reviewthispodcast.com forward slash less stressed life. That's reviewthispodcast.com forward slash less stressed life. And you'll be taken directly to a page where you can insert your review and hit post.